Well, what a blessed time that is to be able to worship God together. Uh, those of you online and those of you here in the house, we're so glad that we can just be together to worship God with our whole heart. And You know, we were singing that song earlier, The Blessing, it's called, and, and uh, you know, God's faithfulness. Uh, the Bible talks about God keeps his covenant of love to a thousand generations for those who love him and keep his commands a thousand generations that's a long time they figure a generation is roughly about 40 years or so so 40,000 years so God if God keeps his covenant of love to us as individuals it's it's good for at least the first 40,000 <laughs> that's so good well I'm just so delighted to be able to speak to you today from 1 Peter. It's just been such a joy. We've been walking through the, the whole book, and this is the, this is the, last, uh, the last sermon in our series uh, called Great Expectations. It's from 1 Peter. I, I hope you've been enjoying this. I've, I have been, I've been enriched. I wouldn't say that it's, uh, it's exciting all the time, but it's enriching. It builds us up on the inside. It strengthens us. It's like having, it's like just having a good nutritious meal. You know, it's it's not it's not maybe having pizza or whatever. It's really exciting, but something just meat and potatoes and you know, good stuff. All the all the stuff that's healthy that I only eat because I have to, <laughs> not because I have to, but because I should. Anyways. Great expectations. I, I went on a little thing there. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be close to lunch here. So that's. <laughs> but, you know, the theme verse is right near the beginning of this little book, and it's in chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4, and it just says, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. Wow. And uh, like I said earlier in the, in the service, if, if you don't see it, doesn't mean it's not real. It just means you don't see it. But the truth is that we have a priceless inheritance, uh, priceless hope that we have with God. And, um, you know, <clears throat> what I wanted to do at the beginning here of my message is just to quickly go through all the different messages. I think there might be a dozen of them altogether. Uh, the sermons that we went through in this series and how expectation applies to all of those sermons. And if you missed any of them, they're all up online. If you want to download them onto uh, your podcast so that you can listen offline, you can do that as well. They're all up on YouTube and they're on our, on our uh, podcast. So the, the first one in First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, we live with great expectation. We talked about that. Uh, the next one was the prophets expected great glory to come. So the, even the prophets prior, they were expecting, they were looking forward to this. And now today we live in expectation, <clears throat> excuse me, of the second coming and final judgment. So that's a little bit daunting, but... Uh, yeah, that's still true. And then we went into chapter 2, and God expects us to live in a way that honors and exalts Jesus. And God expects us to understand and respect authority. How about this one for this generation? Our spouse should expect to be treated properly. That's a good one. 
And uh, we talked about those things. God expects us to walk in love. Uh, throughout this book, there was this theme of uh, expect, we should expect that there will be times of suffering in this life. Uh, Pastor Matt did a great message on this one. God expects that we should use our gifts and talents as stewards for his glory. Talked about we should expect our leaders. We're having elections this, uh, this fall, and of course our leaders uh, are our leaders, and uh, we have some that are, we're happy with and some that we're not so happy with maybe, but we can expect our leaders to be an example of grace and humility. And uh, last week, uh, we, we can expect Pastor Matt, thank you, Dwight, faithful Dwight. Now I'm going to see if I can kick that a little bit later, because uh, I'll probably forget it's sitting there. Thank you so much. We can expect to win spiritual battles. That was a great one. If you missed last week's message, you've got to um, re review that one. And today... The message is entitled, Stand in Grace. Stand in Grace. God expects us to serve Him well in spite of living in an ungodly culture. And it seems like our culture here in North America has, be, has, gotten, has just downgraded in the last few years um, in spite of uh, the isolation of COVID somehow, the you know, the forces, it seems like the forces of darkness joined together. They didn't social distance at all. They just connected and, and strengthened themselves. But we live in this ungodly culture, not much different from the culture in which uh, the people were living in modern-day Turkey, but back in those days, Asia Minor, when Peter wrote this book to those that were scattered across especially the northern part of Asia Minor. So today we're uh, closing off the book, chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, and uh, I'm just going to read these, uh, these verses, then we're going to pray, got some thoughts to share with you, then we're going to have communion together today, and so if you're here watching online uh, and you're ready to go with your communion, that's great, otherwise maybe you want to try to you know, do two things at once, try to pay attention if you can, and, and then also grab your communion stuff uh, uh, the emblems, I should say, and uh, we'll be taking communion together uh, at the end of the service today. So, First Peter 5, verses 12 through 14. I've written and sent this short letter to you with the help of Silas, or Silvanus, whom I commend to you as a faithful brother. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. Stand firm in this grace. Your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet each other with a kiss of love. Peace be with all of you who are in Christ. What a great ending to this book. This is, this is a rich passage. Uh, when I read this, often I kind of just kind of, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, that's the close of almost every letter in the, in the New Testament is like this, except the kissing part. Anyway, let's pray and see if we can ask God to help us for this. Lord, here we are today in your presence, all together online and in the house. I pray that your blessing will be upon us, that your Holy Spirit would teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
There's a couple of things I wanted to point out just sort of by way of uh, sort of introduction. Uh, there's two people that are mentioned. There's a place that's mentioned here. And I, I want to kind of get that out of the way. I don't think we should just forget about it. Uh, first of all, Silas or Sylvain Sylvanus. Who is that guy? Well, he actually lived in Jerusalem. And around the time in Acts 15 when they had the Council of Jerusalem, and the big issue of that day was whether or not people had to become Jews first before they could become Christians. How would you like to become a Jew first before you could become a Christian today? Well, in those days, that was a big, that was a thing. That was, that was an issue. There is sincere people on both sides of the issue. Uh, we have sincere people on both sides of a lot of issues here today in our culture, uh, whether or not, and I'm glad some of you feel comfortable today wearing a mask because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Uh, some people are really against masks and some people are really, uh, you know, against having more freedom. And there's people in our congregation that are not here today and, and may not even join us next week when we move to the school. And by the way, at the, when we move next week to the academy, we'll have way more space and we'll have way more open spots where people can be socially distanced if they need to be. And, and then others that like to, you know, be in tight, there'll be spots for that too. And so we're going to try to accommodate as many people as possible. But the divisions that happen, it's really difficult and very sad for those of us that really care. I'm sure you do too about the church and and uh, the, in those days, that was a thing. In Jerusalem, they had this big council of Jerusalem. They made sort of an edict or a solution and a directive from the powers that be in Jerusalem. And there was two guys that were commissioned to travel from Jerusalem up to Syria, Antioch, which is in Syria, uh, with this directive for the Gentile church, and it was headquartered in Antioch. And so Silas was one of those guys. And so Peter, who wrote this book, Second, First Peter, is, <laughs> that's not rocket science, but he was there in Jerusalem, a part of the decision-making body that decided about this decision, and they sent Silas. So Peter already knew Silas back in those days. So then Silas and his buddy went up to Antioch, and they shared the news and, you know, great joy was had in all the kingdom and all of that. It was great. It was a good, it was a good thing. And then time went on and Silas's buddy went back to Jerusalem. Silas decided to stay in Syria in Antioch. And so that's where he met Paul. And Paul and Silas traveled together in ministry for many, many years and ended up, fast forward, ended up in Rome at the end of Paul's life, and Silas was there in Rome with uh, Paul the Apostle. Now, Peter, back, you know, backtrack, Peter also traveled all over the place, and at the end of his ministry, he ended up in Rome. Well, I don't know if he met Paul there, but he did meet Silas. And now he knew him from Jerusalem, and then he saw him again in Rome. And of course, in those days, traveling was a, a lot bigger deal than it is now. You think it's hard now to travel with COVID. You try to get from Jerusalem to Rome. It just, it was not an easy trip. So that's Silas. And uh, Silas was, uh, the Bible says that he was a prophet. So that's all the background I'm going to bother, not 
I'm going to take the time to tell you about Silas. So Silas is mentioned here, and he actually took this message, or this this letter. He tr- he took it from Rome over to uh, Asia Minor, and that's that's how he ended up in this being mentioned here. Now uh, the next one I want to say is in jumping down to verse 13. Your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Now, Babylon uh, represents a lot of different things in the Bible. And Babylon, as you know, is uh, a, was uh, a city in modern-day Iran. Sorry, Iraq. Iraq. Okay? And that's not what he's talking about. I Okay, let me just say it this way. There's some disagreement about this in uh, Bible scholar land, um, but people generally believe that this was a code word for the city of Rome. And it had to do with the fact that Rome was such an evil city. Uh, they called it Babylon, which is uh, a theme in the scriptures, especially in the book of the Revelation, um, where it represents evil governments, eagle governance, and eagle force, uh, evil forces. And, uh, and so I personally am in the larger of the two camps uh, about Babylon. And uh, uh, that's what I believe about that. And, of course, there's another thing. Your sister church, the actual Greek says, she who is in Babylon. Uh, some people actually believe that this was referring to Peter's wife. Um, uh, history does tell us that Peter's wife was uh, executed for being a Christian in front of Peter. And uh, so it could have been Peter's wife. Uh, personally, because of a lot of reasons that we don't ne- necessarily want to take time with today, um, I believe that it is uh, talking about a sister church. The church in Rome is what this means. Your sister church here in Babylon means the, the Christians in Rome send greetings to the Christians that were scattered along uh, in uh, Asia Minor like they were. But I wanted to talk briefly. <laughs> I'm using up all my time here with the background, but I think it's interesting to me. Who's Mark? Well, Mark, they actually, he wrote one of the books in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is the same Mark. And Mark, it's interesting, his folks had a house in Jerusalem, and Peter met Mark at least the, one of the first times he met Mark. It was there. What happened? Well, uh, Peter's buddy um, James was killed uh, by the, the Jewish leaders, and so they had Peter in prison, and they were going to do the same to him. And believe it or not, an angel came and broke Peter out of prison. He was in two chains between two guards. There was guards uh, in the middle, and then there was guards at the outside exit. And there was, uh, in the middle of the night, Peter uh, was visited by an angel. He woke him up, walked him out of the prison. Chains fell off, walked him out of the prison. Uh, threw, the doors opened by themselves. It was one of those, it was, I mean, Steven Spielberg couldn't have thought it up better. Okay? It was a great exit out of prison. And Peter actually thought he was dreaming until he got outside. And so then he went, he went to the, uh, the home of a woman named Mary, who was the mother of John Mark, who was the mother of Mark. 
and that's and Peter met them there, and uh, that he, that's where he took off uh, out of prison and went there, and uh, apparently they were wealthy enough to have a servant named Rhoda. So that's that's Mark's place, and that's one of the first times that Peter or one of the times where Peter met Mark. So he knew Mark. Mark had a, a missions trip that went bad with Paul and Barnabas, and uh, ended up. There was great division between those two guys, and Barnabas and Mark traveled all over ministering. And then later on, somehow or other, Paul ended up in prison in Rome, and he called for Mark. He asked, send Mark. I need him. He's helpful to me. So Mark ended up in Rome. Small world. So Peter knew Mark from Jerusalem. They met up in Rome as well. So Mark uh, sent them greetings. So, whew. okay, so that's who those people all are. Um, coming back here to verse 12, just a very short part of verse 12 here, it says this, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. And the Greek has a, a meaning of both of these things where, yes, you're standing, but also you need to be encouraged to stand as well, uh, stand firm in this grace. And grace is one of those words, it's a bit of a Christian word. Sometimes uh, the most we hear of the word grace is just when you pray before a meal, right? Saying grace. And grace, actually, one of the meanings of grace is to say thank you. It's a, it's, it is a gift, and it's appreciation for a gift. And so it's okay to call that prayer before we eat saying grace, as long as you're saying it, you know, re with real meaning. That's a good thing. And others uh, call, uh, help. it's helpful to understand what the word grace means with uh, the, the five letters, God's riches at Christ's expense. So G-R-A-C-E, grace. That's another way to remember the name or the meaning of the word grace. But I believe in this case, it means that, plus it means the grace, which is an enablement, an enab a, a strengthening, a gift of God's strength. So you and I, are we need to stand in God's grace. And I, the, if you get anything out of this message, this is it. Okay, this is, the, this is the theme, as Pastor Matt says, this is the big idea. I wish I wrote it down so I can maybe say it the same way every time, but I didn't. So this is it. Don't try to do this on your own because it's miserable. The Christian life can be very miserable if you try to succeed on your own strength. It's not hard to be a Christian. It's impossible. Okay. We need God's strength. So we stand and we do all the things we're supposed to do, okay? You know what to do. You have a conscience. We're going to be talking a little bit about, put some uh, meat on this, on this skeleton here. But, but really, we, we actually know pretty much what we're supposed to be like. <laughs> we're supposed to be good, right? But to do that, it's so hard. It's not, actually, it's not hard. It's impossible. So we need to stand. We need to stand in God's grace. Yes. Now, there is a, a, a very good description of what it looks like to stand, what it looks like to, to what we need to be doing and walking like. And I'm going to just quickly, uh, as quick as I can, I'm going to read this 
scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And this is the Apostle Paul, who actually knew Mark, and he knew Silas, and he knew Peter. They all knew each other. And in fact, uh, this might have been written from Rome as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10. Here it is. This, is. this is what we can do. Some of these things you'll be able to identify with, and some of them you might not be except that you know in your mind what it means. Okay? We prove ourselves, Paul says, by our purity, our understanding, our patience. By the way, if you pray for patience, you know how God answers that prayer, don't you? <laughs> You pray for patience, God gives you uh, a reason to need it, (laughs) and that way you can develop patience. No problem. Okay. Our kindness. You know what? The world could use a lot of kindness right now, don't you think? In the church, outside the church, in the political realm, uh, certainly in some of the places around like Afghanistan and and even in places that are are suffering in uh, New Orleans and Haiti, different places. Our uh, kindness. And here it is. By the Holy Spirit within us. Okay, this is how you stand. This is how you walk the Christian walk. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of people that get nervous when we talk about the Holy Spirit because there's been a lot of weird stuff happen around this uh, experience with the Holy Spirit. But, you know, sometimes we just need to kind of swallow our pride and realize I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Someone else might act weird with the Holy Spirit, but you know, if I want to tell you, if you were to grab, you know, an electrical cord that had, you know, bare, bare and had, you know, 110 volts go through you, you would start acting weird too. You would jump, get that off of me. And uh, sometimes the power of God makes us makes makes things happen in our lives that we're not comfortable with but we need God's power at work in our lives by sincere love sincere love and that here's one that you can identify with we faithfully preach the truth preach the word preach just means someone who is a messenger so don't shoot the messenger and if uh, if you're telling people about Jesus and they get mad you know that's preaching or, or if, they're no, if they don't get mad, it's still preaching. <laughs> if you tell someone about your experience with God, that's preaching. That, it's, it's the evangel. It means some, it, give a message. It's, it's a proclaimer. It doesn't have to be someone like what I'm doing right now where I'm preaching, whether it's online or here in the house, I'm preaching to a bit of a group. Uh, that's okay. That's also preaching. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. This is how you stand in grace. It's you need God's power. Don't try to do it on your own because it is impossible to really succeed there. And here's Pastor Matt's message in a, in a couple of words. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. You know, there are people who might smile at you and they probably despise you if they knew what you think about life. If they thought that, if they really knew that you believe that Jesus rose from the dead and, you know, that God created the heavens and the earth, uh, you know what, they, they would just despise you. They would. The people 
so often they do that. We serve God whether we are honored or despised, whether they slander us or praise us. And, and we are honest, but sometimes we're called imposters. Um, I, I don't have time to tell you what happened to me this week about that, but let's just say this. We, in, we, the fact that we're honest doesn't always mean that we won't be accused of something else. Verse 9. We're ignored, even though we're well-known to God. Do you know God knows your name? God knows where you live. He even knows your PIN number on your bank account. <laughs> he knows everything about you, and he still loves you. That's what's one of the things that's amazing to me. I, I've been walking with Jesus for, I don't know, was, I, I was born 66 years ago, so I don't want to exaggerate. But probably for at least, you know, 60 years, I've been walking with the Lord, and I'm still so amazed that God loves me. Because I'm getting to know me better, and I'm discovering things about me that are not so lovable. But God's always known those things, and he still loves me. You know why he loves you? Because he loves you. Because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. That's why he loves you. He loves you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you better. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. He just, he loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you. He knows you, and he loves you. You're valued. Yeah. Um, okay, where was I? We are ignored even though we're well-known, yes, to God. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Unfortunately, this week, thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people have been killed because of their faith around the world. But here we are, and we, are, we have not been killed. I wondered about verse 10. I, I love this verse here being thrown in here because it's such a, you know, it's such a big deal to say, well, I was killed for my faith or, you know, close to being killed, beaten for my faith, which I was not beaten this week. Thank you. Uh, but I have to tell you, this week my heart was aching about some things. And so even though it might be little compared to the big things, it's still included here, the tenderness of God. Uh, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Come on, church. Come on, church. We can have joy even if our hearts are aching. We've all experienced disappointment. If we've lived long enough, we've experienced it, and we can still have joy. We are poor. Maybe you have too much month left at the end of the money. I hope that's not the case now because it's only the 5th of September. But you know what? We don't always have everything we wish we had, but we can still give spiritual riches to others. We own, perhaps, we own nothing, and yet we have everything because we have a priceless inheritance which is reserved for you and me in the heavens. And believe me, the eternity that we have to look forward to is a lot longer than even some of the longest days. Hallelujah. And so we can stand, and we need to stand in grace. And I, I just want to, uh, uh, so that, uh, that's what uh, we're talking about. My purpose in writing is to encourage you and to assure you 
that what you are experiencing is God's grace for you. So stand firm in this grace. Then he says, your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. And then it says that the very last, the very last verse, and we're almost done here. Uh, greet one another with a kiss of love. And, you know, that might get a little weird uh, in our days of, uh, well, there's all kinds of reasons why that might get a little weird. And what happened apparently in the early church is they started off by restricting it to men with men and women with women. And then they just stopped it all together early, early on, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, they stopped doing the, the kiss, and now we do handshakes. But then if it's a handshake, then that's a bit of a risk. So we can do the elbow, or we can do the fist pump, or we can do the wave, okay? <laughs> and if whether you have a mask on or not, you can still let your eyeballs see each other's eyeballs, and you can still share love. And um, there was one person that I did kiss earlier today, just the just letting everybody know that I did. It wasn't my wife. She's out of town. But it was, it was someone I've known for a very long time, and I kissed her right on the forehead. I did. And she seemed to think that was all right. In fact, I did ask her. And uh, so, yeah. But I, I think that what we need to do is realize that there, there needs to be that interpersonal relationship. We all, we all need it at some level. And like I said, sometimes with social distancing and all of the things around COVID that's been stolen from us, but we need to find a way, find a way to be creative, to continue with that expression of love. And uh, last but not least here, it says, peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. And in just a few moments, we're going to have our communion time together. And you need to know that God loves you. And you need to know if you're in Christ Jesus or not. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you know if you're in Christ? It's something that you and I, we have to actually receive. A lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Of, of course I believe in Jesus. Yes, I do. And that's really good. But we need to have a time in our life, and ex- excuse me, a time in our life experience where we have received Jesus, not only believe, but to receive him. John chapter 1, it says that those who Uh, receive him, those are the ones who have the power to become the daughters and sons of God. And so here today, the question is this, are you in Christ? If you are in Christ, peace to you. That's what the Bible says, peace to you. And if you're not in Christ, I have a gift for you. It's a gift of the knowledge that you can know that you are that you are a Christian. You can know that you're in Christ when you receive him. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Then we're going to be sharing communion together. And uh, uh, whatever Pastor Matt and Pastor Tanya are going to be doing next, uh, they're going to make the transition. But I would like to pray for you right now, if I may. And you can can maybe uh, go along with this prayer. You can repeat this prayer if you would like. It's a prayer of dedication uh, to to know that you are in Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you that you know me. I might be forgotten everywhere else, but I'm known by you. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus 
to die on the cross for my sins. Thank you that you raised him from the dead. I believe in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I confess that right now to you. And I receive your gift of salvation. I receive the gift of your love. I turn away from my own designs. And I turn to follow Jesus. All my days. In all my ways. I want to know you. I want to serve you. Lord, I want to stand in your grace. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you.